From the PSIA studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair and its last call with Chris Rogers. Chris, it's great to chat with you again. Saw you at uh, team training in October and haven't talked to you since. It's really good to reconnect. Yeah, definitely. This time of year is always crazy and it's it's fun going from, you know, concepts at team training into real life application with new hire training and instructor trainer and trainers training and all of those things that keep us busy in the fall and then straight into the holiday season and all of the all of the great opportunities to work and really apply it. And that's really going to be the focus of our discussion today because we're going to be talking about the learning connection in the real world. Yeah, so I think, you know, like we've been talking about this all fall that you you know, if you've been listening to the podcast this fall, you've probably heard a dozen podcasts talking about the different teaching skills, people skills, technical skills, all of these areas of the learning connection model, how it all applies. And it's all great in theory and now what? So exactly. We're in this, the middle of an incredible cold snap right now. Is there a difference in the learning connection if, say, it's gorgeous weather, no wind, it's kind of warm, and uh, you want to get, I don't know, 30,000 feet of vertical and a day like today where it's below zero and windy? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's exactly where the, one of the strengths of the learning connection model shows up is that ability to kind of shift your focus between people skills, technical skills, and, and teaching skills. And, and sometimes you're going to rely more heavily on one of those elements or the other, like we've talked about in, in many of our other conversations. Um, and, and this is where it comes down to the, that real world application. You've just met your guests at the bottom of the mountain and, uh, and it's zero degrees, which means it might be minus 10 with wind chill on a chairlift. And how you're going to teach that lesson is going to be very different. You know, you're going to you're going to shift into uh, that people connection and, and making sure that you are meeting your guests' needs, that you are evaluating their comfort and helping make sure that they are um, staying warm, they're staying safe, they're not getting frostbitten. So, yeah, on that sunny bluebird day, you might be hitting thirty thousand feet and, and and just skiing hard all day. And on a day like today, you might be uh, taking a few more hot chocolate breaks and. Uh, and telling stories in the in the lodge and, and giving them those opportunities to warm up and feel comfortable and safe and warm, even on a day that's cold. And I like that you bring up the hot chocolate breaks, because how does our interaction, our engagement with our guests change from being on the hill to going into the, the warming hut? I mean, who doesn't like a good cup of hot chocolate? It's it's that like one of those universal things. Everyone, anyone that skied as a kid can remember uh, remember those cups of hot chocolate in the lodge, and you know, it's a, one of those traditions that we pass down to our students going in for some hot cocoa. You get a little heat, you get a little sugar, and kind of get fired back up to go outside. And I, I remember uh, a day when I was teaching in, in steamboat that was pretty close to 35, maybe 40 below, and uh, it, it just still temperature. And then again, you factor in 10 miles an hour on a chairlift and you're actually looking at more like 50 below with wind chill. And uh, it, like you, you are limited by that weather. And yet what we don't say is like, oh, let's not ski today. We're going to have a bad time. Like it's not good out there. No, like we, we sell the other side of it. Like this is the other fun part of skiing. We're going to do a lap. We're going to go inside. We're going to get some hot chocolate. We're going to warm up. And then we're going to go back out and brave the adventure. And I, I think that ability for an instructor to put a spin on any conditions, like that highlights our people skills. Like we are going to create an amazing experience regardless of whether it's snowing or sunny, if it's cold or warm out, if the snow is great or it's icy, a good instructor is able to tailor what they're teaching using the teaching skills adjust the level of technical difficulty based on everything else that's happening 
and then tie that connection with a student using their people skills to create the phenomenal experience. And that's, at the end of the day, those students come back many times because of the connection with the person, with the instructor, not because of the teaching skills or technical skills. And you still have to have those. Like if you just go out and say, follow me and we ski around the mountain all day and have a great time. And you leave saying, well, that was great, but what did I learn? That's not it either. But when you're able to use the people skills to really tailor the experience and you provide some teaching and some technical skills in there, um, that's when that learning connection model is super successful, regardless of the connection of the conditions. How about time in the lodge? Maybe uh, you've shot a little video with your phone or tablet and you're able to sit down over that cup of hot chocolate and do some MA and not only just engage with your guests, but actually have some teaching time there as well. You know me too well, George. I'm, I'm very passionate <laughs> about uh, training our instructors to use video. And, you know, I think every single one of us has one of these little devices in our pocket these days. I mean, it's pretty rare to meet someone that doesn't have a phone capable of shooting video. And that ability for instant replay, and I think back to 14 years ago when I started teaching, um, I had a flip phone and it didn't shoot really good videos and photos. And I think about like how much that's changed, the ability to sit down in the lodge and, uh, and pull up a video that you shot 15 minutes ago and, and do some instant replay. Um, like what a great way to not only get inside and warm up, but also have a focus while you're doing it. So they don't feel like they're just wasting time. And, you know, if you set that day up that way, like, Hey, it's really cold. What we're going to do is make a couple of runs. We're going to shoot some video. We're going to go inside and we're going to review that. And so we're going to make the most of all of our time, both inside and, and outside. We're not going to stand out on the side of the run, looking at the video. We're going to go inside where we can warm up and, and kind of kick the snow off our boots and, and get some blood back into our cheeks and our fingers. And then you've got something great to email to your guest as well a little while later and say, hey, here's what we worked on and this is what we can be doing next year. Yep. And you send those videos out and maybe right afterwards, then maybe a little reminder in, in the spring or the summer, like whether they're coming back out again that season and, and you're sending on a little reminder of what you're going to work on, get them excited before they come back in, in the spring. Or if it's over the summer and, you know, they're coming back next year, a little little reminder of what they worked on last year and, and uh, why they should be booking their trips and, and coming out to see you again next year. And I, I think that's like, that's one of the key things that, that a good instructor does is, is create that personal connection with the guest that keeps them coming back year after year after year and reminding them what a great time they had last year and what an amazing time they're going to have this year when they come back out to visit you. And, you know, that's, that's that concierge, that's that, um, that personal touch that, that makes people excited to come spend more time with you. Now, we're talking about learning connection in the real world and started out really focusing on, say, differing weather conditions where it would change uh, how we're handling our class. What about during the holidays and the holiday weekends that are coming up uh, where maybe we've got great weather or weather maybe doesn't even matter here? We're talking about crowded slopes. Yeah, um, you know, I think one of the one of the easiest ways to lose that personal connection with your guest is for them to not feel safe. And so this is again like one of the ways that you can show the value of an instructor is knowing where in the mountain you can move your guests around to stay away from the crowds. And and sometimes that's as simple as saying, no, we're going to do one more lap up here, and then we're going to download this chair and avoid all that traffic and icier conditions at the bottom. Or you know, maybe it's knowing a couple of of those little secret stashes where you know you can find fresh corduroy or fresh powder at even at two o'clock, you know, depending on 
whether it snowed recently or not, like knowing those, knowing your mountain well enough to show the guests that there's a benefit to sliding with you and not going out and skiing on their own. Um, you know, and then, and then there's the, the built-in perks, getting to cut lift lines. If your resort allows you to do that, um, taking that extra time, you know, maybe it's picking up their equipment in the morning before they're up and ready, or maybe it's meeting them at their condo so you can help them get ready there. Um, so that you're not in those congested, um, spaces trying to get your boots on in the morning. Um, knowing where you can get their skis checked quickly, making reservations at restaurants for them. You know, uh, when I taught, sometimes I'd have standing reservations because I knew some of my guests that were coming back, were going to want to go out to eat and they were going <laughs> to decide where they wanted to go out two last minute to make a reservation that night. So I'd actually, um, call and make reservations at a couple different restaurants, different nights so that when they said like, Hey, we're ready to go out and make plans. I'd be like, Oh, we've already got reservations. We're going to go here. All of those little white glove touches you can do to make the experience seem more personalized, even when it's crowded. Um, you know, and there's, there's no getting around the fact that, that a lot of people take their holiday vacations and come out and ski with us. And, um, you know, and that's, that's the whole reason we get to live the lives we do and get to be out on snow all, all season is because people choose to take their holidays with us. And so, um, you know, everyone can get a little frustrated and a little antsy when it's, when it's busy. Um, but that business is also the reason we get to do what we do. And so, um, finding the ways that you can work around that, knowing what time the optimal time to get on the gondola or on the chairlift at the bottom is, you know, maybe, you know, that there's a big rush between 10 and 1030. So can you get your guests on at 930 or do you encourage them to sleep in a little bit, drink some extra coffee and, and you go at 11 instead, or, you know, like knowing how to move around the mountain, knowing how to keep your guests out of the thick of it um, and reminding them, you know, the whole skiers go in waves things. Like we, when we're on the mountain, we see a group go through and then the, the run will get quiet again. So take that opportunity to pull off to the side of your group and, and uh, have a quick chat with them. Let that, that big wave of, of ski and snowboard traffic go through and then get back out on the slope. And it's just, it's those little things that, that a lot of us have learned through years and years of years of experience. Um, and, and it, it's those little touches that make the experience the reason that they come back and ski with us every year. I love hearing you talk about these little touches that we can use with our guests to enhance their experience when they're out at our resort. And I think of the words learning connection. A connection can be broken. We have to work really hard to build that connection, yet we could break that really easily. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, like, what I mentioned just a minute ago, um, the end-of-day lap, I think... So often we see instructors who have worked all day with their guests and they've built this great connection and they're feeling really good and, and they take it to that one last task or that, that one additional run or that one new piece of terrain at the end of the day and, and they can totally break that connection by over-terraining or over-tasking a guest. And, and, you know, I think once you hit that 2 p.m., 2.30 p.m., especially this time of year where it starts getting a little colder, sun's starting to go down, getting a little darker, uh, snow starting to firm up. Maybe the traffic's coming out a little bit heavier as everyone kind of moves down the hill towards the end of the day. Knowing where to move on your mountain to keep your guest out of that traffic on familiar terrain and continuing to improve in skills that you've already worked on. Um, you know, I think of like the, the five paragraph for, uh, essay format where you, you tell them what you're going to tell them, you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. It's kind of the same thing. And, and I think uh, it's definitely like a, a, and a rookie instructor mistake where you tell them what you're going to tell them, 
you tell them all day. And then at the end of the day, you try to tell them something new. And, and instead we want to be kind of on that ramp down. So you, you tell them what you're going to tell them at the beginning of the day, you work on those skills all day. And then the last hour or so of your lesson should really be a review and recap of the successes. So if they were nailing sea turns and it was their first sea turns of the day, maybe go to a little bit easier terrain for those last couple of runs and work on those basic turns that they nailed. So that they leave at the end of the day feeling positive and charged up and excited because they crushed that, that task that you set out for them. Um, and, and instead, what we see sometimes is that desire to keep pushing. Like, oh, I want to make them a level five tomorrow so I can get out and, you know, and, and we can leave the yard and we can get up on the mountain a little bit further. And, and, and unfortunately, what can happen there sometimes is that's when they have their fall, their fatigue. They've been learning all day. Maybe they're a little cold. Maybe there's traffic. They get a little freaked out and they have that negative experience right at the end of the day. And you just broke that connection you worked so hard to build all day. I noticed you said uh, where I could maybe get them to a level five. Is that uh, almost a, a change in the way we've been looking at the learning connection as instructors? If, if we're starting to think, oh, I really want them to get to this point rather than trying to take it so much from the guest's point of view? No, so I think I think that's a great a great example of where goal setting can go wrong. So um, you know, as instructors, we often set those goals in the morning, and at the end of the day, we're we're feeling that pressure to get them to that goal. And if you're feeling that pressure at the end of the day, it's probably uh, an indication that that you didn't set realistic goals with your guests at the beginning of the day. And so this is your opportunity to take a step back and. Uh, reevaluate, use those people skills and, and use that connection you've built with your guests through the day to explain to them where they are, how they've moved towards their goals and, and, and the steps that they've, they've taken that are uh, taking them in the direction of, of achieving those goals and how they're going to meet those goals with the next day. So, you know, maybe it's the next day that you're going to get to that next pitch of blue terrain, or maybe it's the next day you're going to get into that bump run that they really wanted to work on. And I think, you know, this goes back to some of the conversations we've had about goal setting, about making them realistic, about making them attainable. And then about the, the underlying theory of goals, which is it's not actually achieving the goal that makes you better. It's that process of striving towards that goal that is actually where the improvement comes from. And I think, um, you know, if you're feeling that pressure and you're feeling like, like you didn't get them there, um, you know, that's, that's really more about you as the instructor and your, your attempt to get someone there versus helping the guest meet their goals. And, and there's always incremental progress towards, towards those goals. You just have to explain that to the guest in a way that they can understand it, that, you know, those turns they were working on today, here's how that relates to the goal we set at the beginning of the day. And we didn't quite get there today. Um, and, and maybe there's a couple of reasons for that. Maybe there's some other skills that you got into, or maybe there's some other um, areas of the mountain that you went to instead because the snow was better or because there was traffic and being able to have that relationship with the guests to explain how that happened and, and how they're, they are in the, in the process of working towards a goal. Um, you know, that's where we, we were able to continue that connection and not break it at the end of the day. Chris Rogers, always great chatting with you. I know we've got some really interesting topics coming up to talk about. Uh, we've also got a New Year's show, I believe, that uh, we're going to be chatting with you when you're up on the mountain. Yeah, George, it's always great talking to you. And I, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to give you a call in just a couple nights uh, from the top of the mountain as we get ready for our New Year's, New Year's Eve torchlight at Vail Mountain. And uh, be, uh, be calling you with a phone in one hand and, uh, and some flaming sticks in the other hand. 
Thanks so much, Chris Rogers of the national team for joining us on First Chair from the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.